right. Thank you guys very much. Um, all right. As we, um, we've been talking about how the Lord has called us out of darkness and really talking about how not just that time that you and I prayed to, to uh, become a believer, not just that time that we were really convicted of sin, but, but God is continually calling us out of darkness. He's continually calling us into light. And, and you know, all that stuff that Paul talks about, about taking off the old life and, and putting on the new life, God's always trying to help us do that. And he's always trying to help us live in light and, and, and walk away and repent of darkness. And, and like we've been talking here, uh, the, the bad thing is, is that we find out all the time that there's more darkness in our hearts than we ever saw. There's, there's more sin, there's more attitudes that, that we know aren't godly, and we, we're always just constantly discovering more. It's like, uh, it's like always just constantly dis- finding more, uh, more bad in us. And, and you know, um, um, in some ways that's really, really disturbing. In some ways it's really depressing because we think, is there no end to this? Uh, and in this, in this life, really, there's, there's not. I mean, repentance and confession and asking the Lord to help and heal and to bring us into wholeness, we're going to be doing that all of our lives here on earth until these bodies are, are finally done away with but, um, or, or, or renewed, I should say. But, um, but the, the good news is, is that we have a Savior who died not just to save our souls. He's died to restore what was broken at the fall, to restore all that was lost at the fall, all everything that was corrupted and everything that was distorted and everything that was twisted and darkened by the fall, by sin. He is making new. Amen? And he starts it. Here's the great thing. We don't have to wait till heaven to experience it. You and I can experience this growth and this change and this turning from, from darkness into light. You can experience that life today because the Holy Spirit indwells you and God's Word gives us the wisdom uh, to know how. So uh, it, it's just a beautiful thing. You know, change in a, in a person's life is a beautiful thing. And you know, one of the reasons why, apart from Christianity, how many lives have you seen absolutely turned around? There just aren't many. There, there just aren't many. I mean, there, there are some people who have been living a difficult life or a hard life, who've been, you know, um, um, in bondage to, to sin in some ways, maybe to, to, um, to alcohol or drugs or something, who, who one day just make a decision, maybe discipline their, their, their way out of it. But, but my experience is, and I think most of your experience is, is that most of the time when I'm just really trying and just trying to effort my way through getting away from some of those things, it just flat doesn't work. I just can't do it. I just don't have enough discipline. I don't have the, the ability to change what's wrong in, in me. But the great news is, is that we have a Savior who can. Amen? He is able to change our hearts, right? The most difficult uh, 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 um, uh, thing in, on the planet to make change to. I want to talk to you today a little bit about greed. And, and you know, the good news here is if, if I came to you and I, and I asked Who's greedy here this morning? No one would raise their hand, right? No one feels like they're greedy. Just like we talked last week when we were talking about jealousy, no one feels like they're a jealous, envious person, right? No one feels that way. However, I know this about me and I know this about you. There are areas of greed in my life and there are areas of greed in your life. You know how I know this? Because I know myself so well, right? There, there are areas of greed in our life. And, our, and in some ways, you know, when we think about greed, we think about Scrooge, we think about him, him uh, you know, about the, uh, who's the guy's name that worked with him? I just lost it. Um, 
yeah, Bob Cratchit, and and you know, ask you know, and they were asking, asking, may I put have another lump of coal for the fire? Oh no, no, no! Having this hordes of wealth, but oh my goodness, we can't spend another lump of coal to keep ourselves warm. That's just outrageous. None of us, you know, feel when you know, when we compare ourselves against that, we say, well, I'm not greedy. Scrooge is greedy. I'm not like that. But what we're going to read in the scriptures today is that is that one of the things that Jesus says is maybe kind of surprising. He's going to say there's a variety. There are different types, and there's a variety of different types of greed. Um, and you've seen this. You know this. You know that very well that there are people who have all kinds of wealth, who have all kinds of money, and are looking to extract more money from other people in any way that they can, right? Some things, maybe we look at Enron scandals. We look at other scandals where people are extorting or stealing, or maybe even some of our leaders in our, in our, in our country, in our nation, who are, even though they have everything, they want more. But you and I have also seen very, very poor people who struggle with greed as well, right? It, it, it's part of human nature. This is part of our brokenness. This is part of the darkness that we all still kind of dwell in. We still have areas of our lives where we struggle with greed. And, and uh, so if I were going to talk about greed this morning, one of, the, one of the ways that you can recognize greed or areas of greed is that you say things like, well, I'm not greedy, I'm just careful, I, I'm not greedy. I, you know, I don't care so much about my stuff, but I just, I just try to take care of my stuff, right? And, and uh, those, those people who, who you know, the, the, whenever we see things like that or hear those things coming out of our mouths, one of the things that you got to ask yourself is, do the people around me feel like I treat my stuff better than I treat them? That's an area of greed, Right? That, that's an area where you say, my stuff is more important than people. Now, none of us would ever say that. No one ever th- said that I, I thought like that or I believe that. But there are areas of our lives right, where we say where we would be willing to hurt people's feelings to protect our stuff. Why? Because it's, that's my stuff. Right? And that, those are areas of greed. And so um, look with me in Luke, if you would, if you have your Bibles with you. Luke chapter 12. We're going to be in Luke for just a little bit and then over in Matthew this morning. And as you flip over there, you know, remember this mor- as we've been talking about this, our key verse has been from, from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that says, above all else, what? Hey, y'all say it with me. We've been talking about this long enough. You ought to have this memorized. You ready? Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Is it not? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I, do I have Proverbs 4.23 up there? Oh, I didn't see it. send it this week. See, this is the problem when I send stuff, when I prepare stuff weeks in, in advance. I can't remember what I've sent. Okay, let's try it again. Ready? It's, it goes like this. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Say it with me. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. What he talks about, one of the things that, that what Solomon was talking about here is that, is that out, of your, out of your heart, you have relationships. Out of your heart, you have a relationship with God. Out of your heart, you're managing your money. Out of your heart, you're, managing your, you're, you're having relationships with your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, your friends, or your coworkers, or whatever. And that whatever affects your heart affects your whole life. And so one of the things that God wants for all of us is to have pure hearts, to have nothing in the way, nothing that's contaminating our relationships, nothing that's contaminating our relationship with him or with our family or with our friends or, or other people. And so he wants to and desires to get rid of those things. But um, anyway, in Luke chapter 12, let's see, we're going to be, uh, let me make sure I sent you what I think I sent you. Uh, yeah, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Look at what he says. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a guy that came to Jesus and he said, uh, tell my brother to, to divide the inheritance with me. And then verse 14, 
Uh, Jesus replied, man who appointed me judge or arbiter between you. Then he says in verse 15 that I've got on the screen before you. uh, Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus is talking here not about it. Not about necessarily, you know, that kind of Scrooge kind of greed, but he's talking about a particular kind of greed or different kinds of greed. And this is a kind of greed that says, my life is dependent upon how much stuff and what quality of stuff I have. Okay, man, this describes our society to a T, doesn't it? Right? This is our society where, where if, you know, if you monitored our behavior, if, if someone came from another, from another uh, uh, country and they came to the United States and they saw how we shopped, they would think, this is the most important thing that these people do because they spend all of their time working so that they can get enough money so that they can have enough money to shop and buy the newest, greatest, upgradiest, uh, fastest, uh, best, shiniest, sparkliest, whatever um, on, on all the planet. And that we spend so much time doing shopping and so much time trying to earn enough money so that we can feed our need for greed. Yeah, how about that? Okay. Um, so, yeah, that'll stick with you, won't it? Uh, sorry, that was, uh, yeah, that's terrible. Um, but but, but there is some, there's a kind of greed that all, is always about attaining more stuff and the newest stuff and the greatest stuff. And in some ways, we're all like this. I remember when my children were little, I won't tell on who this was, but one of our children, was they in here this morning? No, one of our children had a collection of Beanie Babies. Y'all remember the Beanie Babies? Anybody have a, anybody have a collection of the Beanie Babies? Yeah, we bought a lot from the lady right back there, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we bought a lot of those. So, um, we had this collection. For one of our kids, we'd buy a a little Beanie Baby. The great thing is they were fairly inexpensive, and that was great. But, you know, after she had two entire shelves full of the Beanie Babies, she wanted more. It was never enough. And see, just like I can see that in in a child, I see that in my heart, and I see it in the people around me as well, is that there's always... A want, there's always a desire for, for more or newer or better or shinier or the, the latest upgrade or, or, or the, the, the latest model of whatever. There's always this appetite for more stuff. And, um, you know, in some ways we all struggle with this. It's just in different ways. For me, I've never struggled with Beanie Babies. Never. Never been a struggle for me. I know you're surprised. I know you thought, eh, I thought you were a Beanie Baby kind of guy. No, that's not me. Maybe it's you, uh, but it's not me. Um, but, but there are other things that, that I find that I have an appetite, an ever-increasing appetite for more, right? And it's never enough. And, and here's some of the things that, that we want to look for in greed. Whenever you find that what you bought today, you have buyer's remorse right afterwards because they came up with a new version before you could even get this version bought, right? So there's always more. So here's the deal about, here's the deal about greed. Here's how to look for it in your own life and to, and to recognize it. When you're never happy with what you bought, when it's never enough, when it's the house that you're living in that's not enough, or the car that you bought is not enough, or the new techno, whatever, iPad, telephone, whatever, whatever it is, when it's, when it's never enough because you're always looking forward to the next thing and you're never happy with this because you're always looking down the road saying, no, I want the next thing. I want the bigger. I want the newer. I want to upgrade. I want, a, I want a different thing than what I have today. When you're never satisfied, that's greed. You can be poor. You can be flat broke and be greedy. Or you can have an abundance of things and struggle with greed, right? 
Now listen, here again, let me, let me tell, say again, from, so from the verse here where, where Jesus is talking, be on, the, be on guard why, uh, against all kinds of greed. There are all kinds of different ways that you and I can be greedy, and we have to watch out for them because they affect our relationships. They affect the people around us. Let me give you another way, let me give you another way to think about this. One of the things that, you know, one of the things that I see is that I see a lot of people who are very, very poor, who are really struggling to get by, but they have the newest greatest shiniest phones with the highest data plans and whatever they can get and buy and they're always looking forward to the next thing and it's almost as if they would rather have the phone than they would rather have groceries listen that's a problem right that's a problem that we have to deal with and here's the here's the greatest problem in our society never in the history of mankind have you and I been overwhelmed with this idea about the about the this um about what you don't have, right? We're constantly bombarded by, by billboards and radio ads and television ads and over and over again, it's, and it's on the internet, it's everywhere you look, you're reminded of what you don't have, right? They're using that to hook you, right? They, the advertisers use that to pull you in and to, to try to get you to buy their stuff because, oh, look, you don't have this. You, you, you ought to you have this thing. It will make you happier. Isn't that, you ever see anyone commercials who are just depressed because they bought the new thing? No, they're always happier, right? Because why? Because they're trying to convey the idea to you. You buy this, it will make you what? Happy. Here's what I've learned in my life. When I always want more, it will never make me happy. It's never able to make me happy because here's what Jesus says here in this verse. Watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. But in some ways, in many ways, many of us live as though this were true. That we live as though living is attaining and growing and and upgrading and getting the newer, shinier, bigger, whatever, right? But Jesus says very, isn't this funny, the creator of all things has to come to his creation and says, look, your life isn't about your accumulation of stuff, right? Simple. And all of us would agree to that. All of us would say that. But there are areas of lives that often we're blind to, that we don't see, that we're always wanting more, always wanting better. So let me, let me help you. You know, one of the things, one of the challenges is, is, you know, we read this from Jeremiah chapter 17, but what Jeremiah chapter 17 said, the heart is deceitful above all else. Here's the problem. The people around you have an easier time seeing this in you than you do, which is kind of scary, isn't it? That means I could be acting like a complete buffoon and not know it, but my wife does. My children do, Right? This is a scary part of sin, all kinds of sin, greed, jealousy, guilt, all those things, uh, uh, anger, bitterness, whatever. People around you can see it better than you can, which is why it's so important to be in an open, honest relationship with your spouse, with other believers in the church, that you can speak honestly and frankly about, hey, uh, you know, um, do you see something in my life? There's something I need to be aware of. Do I treat people like they matter less than my stuff? Do, do I, is there something in my life that I am never happy with just trying to accumulate? Is there some way that I'm wrecking my finances because I'm never happy with where I'm at and I always want more, bigger, newer, shinier? Yeah, that's important. Those things are greed. And listen, and the, here's the great news is that the Lord wants to cure you, of, you and I of this. He wants us to deal with this because he wants us to walk in newness of life, in this new life, in new light, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And listen, your life matters more than your stuff, right? So 
that's one of the things he'd encourage people. And, and other times in Matthew chapter 6, he said, don't spend all your time to either gather up these things. There's more important things in your life to be spending and focusing your time on than, than this. Amen? Your life is more important than this. Okay. Uh, oh, here's another, here's another cue. Here's another thing. So this has happened in my life. So let me just tell you. Let me be real honest, because in, every, in some ways, we all struggle with greed. In some ways, we all struggle with jealousy. We all struggle in some ways with trying to get over, to, to come to forgive people. And with anger, we're going to be talking about that a little bit next week. But in, in many ways, we all struggle with these things. But, uh, oh my goodness, here we go. Oh yeah, uh, so here's the deal. So here's the deal. We all want to be more generous people, every one of us, right? And who wants to be more generous? Who wants to be known as a generous person? All, right, right? all of us, right? But here's the deal. When you're caught up in a situation, and listen, th- th- there are times in our lives that, that, we're, that money's just tight, right? There are times in our lives where, you know, for example, Brenda just lost her job, and she's not working, and we're down to my, to my income, and, and that's all there is, which, but it's great. I'm blessed uh, I'm th- way beyond what I'm worth, right? But, uh, but, but, you know, there's a loss. You know, you, you basically, we, we, right, your income increases what happens to your lifestyle. It stays the same because we're not greedy, right? No, no, it increases, right? right? Matter of fact, a lot of times we're always, it doesn't matter what happens to our, 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 um, our income, we're always trying to live right over, right, which is dangerous. We've we, we got we to have our, the Lord heal our hearts and realize that, you know what, my, wife's, my, life, my, wife, my life is more than my stuff and live below your, your income, right? Very important for us all. So no matter what you're making, this is, this is the goal, is to always live with less. And we're going to talk about one of the ways to, to cure greed. Oh, my goodness, I'm running out of time today. Um, one of the ways to cure greed. But here's the deal. When you, here's what's happened in my life, and let me, tell you, let me ask you if it's happened in yours. I, I may go and buy stuff that I don't have the money to buy. I may go and buy stuff that I don't even need, right? And then a need comes up, and I want to give but what? I got no cash, right? Because I've already spent it on myself. I don't have money to give to someone else, even though I want to, and the desire's there so bad, but I can't because I've already spent all my money on me. One of the great stories out of the, the book, uh, Blue Like Jazz, Don Miller tells about a time when he, he really first began to understand his own selfishness. He said he had a certain amount of money. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't much. It was like 10, 15 bucks or something like that. He was a very small boy, and, he was, and it was Christmas time. It was coming up on Christmas, and he, he wanted to buy his mom's a gift. But by the time he got through spending everything that he wanted to spend to buy for himself, he had nothing, hardly anything left. And he bought his mom a gift that he was embarrassed and ashamed of. Listen, this happens in the life of adults too, doesn't it? This happens in our lives when we spend and we spend and we spend on ourselves and there's nothing left to give to anyone else. So listen, here's the deal. No matter how bad you want to, if you can't tame that monster of greed in your life, you will never become a more generous person. It can't happen. It can't. So you know what? We're going to have to skip down. Let's... uh, um, where are we going to go? What, what are we going to do here? Let's go to, um, let's go to Matthew. Yeah, we've got to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, if you would, please. Let's just read verses, let's read Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. This is important. If you have your Bible with you, turn there, please. I, I want you to see it. I want you to mark it in your Bible if you could. If you do that, it's important. Here's what Jesus says about, about money. Which is really incredible, a really amazing thing that he's teaching here. But anyway, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and dust and, sorry, dust, rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Okay, so what's he saying in the first part? 
Don't store up a bunch of stuff. Okay, now is he saying don't have savings? No, you know, you always have to interpret the Scripture with what? Oh, we've talked about this. You are so in trouble if you don't know this. Uh, we, you always interpret the Scripture by whatever you think. No, completely wrong. You always interpret the Scripture with other Scripture. Yes, you always interpret the Scripture with other Scripture. There are other Scriptures, especially in the Proverbs, that says, look at the ant. They have no leader. He doesn't say this, but they don't really have a brain. They know to store and to save up, right? He doesn't say they don't have a brain, but it, really, they don't. They just have a nervous system. All right, so... Um, <laughs> biology, long time ago. They just have an They don't even have brains, and they know to store up, right? And so he says, so yeah, of course, store up, you know, save, right? Not hoard, but save, save, save up. Okay, so you've got to in- interpret the scriptures with scripture. That's not what he's talking about here. Okay, uh, but verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Well, how do we do that? How do you translate money to treasures in heaven? Excellent question. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, this is, what an amazing verse. What Jesus is saying is, your money leads your heart. Now, a lot of times we think it's the other way around. We think that we do what we want to do with our money. But listen, we just, we just spelled out, I just spelled out for you this scenario, right, where you want to give, but you couldn't, Right? So the desire was there, but the money wasn't. Because here's the deal. Where your money, follow the money trail. Where you're spending your money is where your heart will go. This is an incredible st- statement. What Jesus is saying is that money has no spiritual value whatsoever, right? It's like a brick. I could pick up a brick. This is from Dave Ramsey. I could pick up a brick and I could throw it through your window at your house. That would be evil. Is the brick evil? No, I, I committed an evil action with the brick. I could take the same brick and I could build a house for someone who doesn't have one. Is the brick good? No. No moral value in the brick. The same way with money. Money has no spiritual value whatsoever. But depending on what you do with it, you're either storing it up on, on earth to no avail, because right, none of us get to keep any of this, right? Or you're going to spend it in a way that it becomes a treasure in heaven. Here's the amazing thing is, is that what Jesus is saying here is your, this, this, this stupid little green pieces of paper with president's uh, uh, pictures on them can dire- redirect your heart. If you're having a problem with greed, one of the greatest things you can do is redirect your money because it will redirect your heart. How about that? Something unspiritual, doing something spiritual in your life. I, I don't know that, I can't think of any place in the scriptures where, where, where it's taught that something unspiritual can have such a spiritual effect on a person. But listen, to deal with greed in your heart. Here's, here's what we've got to do. Let's cut to, the, cut to the chase here, Tim. Let's cut to the, to the bottom, please. Uh, the three sides about to give a percentage. Ready? Okay. So here's the, here's the recommendation. This is right out of Andy Stanley's teaching. Uh, I, 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 about 10 years ago, I'd, I'd heard Andy Stanley teach on these things and, and about monitoring your heart for sin. So very important because God wants us out of the darkness. He wants us walking in light. So, in, uh, so here's, here's how it works. How do you do this? How is it that you and I can, can, can redirect our hearts? How is it that we can deal with, with, with greed in our own lives? And we all deal with greed in some way in our own lives with some sort of greed. The first thing is, is to give a percentage. You decide not just to pull out what's in your wallet and give to someone who, wherever you give, at the church, at Walmart, you know, they, they had, uh, had guys uh, collecting on the, on the, at the intersection there of, of uh, 4th and 23rd yesterday. Whatever you do, don't just pull out what you have. Decide on a percentage. Give in percentage giving. 
right? The great thing about percentage giving is that it always hurts a little bit. It doesn't matter if you're flat broke or you're making a lot of money. If you're making a lot of money, uh, that's a lot more to, to be giving a percentage on, right? No matter what, it always is going to cost you something. It's always a significant amount, right? That's why in the Old Testament they talked about a tithe or a tenth of, of, a, of, a, a tenth of what your income was. And it was actually more than that whenever they came down to, to other things. But give a percentage. Just decide. Just sit down. Talk with your spouse and decide on a percentage you're going to give. Now, I'm not just talking about giving here at the church, although that's super important. And matter of fact, if you're not giving now, I don't care if you start giving at the church or not. Listen, this is not about your money. It's about your heart before God. It's about your life. It's about your relationships. And one of the greatest ways that I know of to, to, to uh, cause in you some generosity is to, to force you and I to give up some of our kingdom on behalf of someone else's, right? Okay, so first is give a percentage. The second thing is make it a priority. Make it first priority. Listen, one of the first checks you ought to be writing is that check to give, is to get this money out of your kingdom, out of your buying stuff for yourself and putting it into God's kingdom. And here's the great thing about God. He says, you want to give to me? Where does, what does he say to do? How does he say to give to him? Give it to church or give it to the least of these, right? God says, you want to pay me back? You do for them what, what, what I've done for you, right? You give to the least of these. You give to the poor. You give to, to support missions. You give, and, and what, but whatever it is, you get that money out of your kingdom and you, and you give it and you put it into mine. So um, uh, very important. The, the Old Testament talks about this being a first fruits, basically saying whatever is the first of your harvest, you, you take that harvest, whether you're a wheat farmer or you're you know an apple grower or whatever but you take that first and you you give it away you give away that first 10 percent you give it to back in those days they were giving it to the temple right they were giving it to the priesthood and and they would give it away and that first tenth was an act of faith right what 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 that's saying is i trust god with the first part of this because i know he's going to bless me with the rest of my harvest right Right? It, it's, a, it's an act of faith. It's believing in God's goodness that he's going to provide for me. And it's an act of faith every single time you write the check, every single time that you, that you give the cash, every single time it's a statement of faith. Say, Lord, I believe that you're going to help me with the rest of my expenses. Yeah? It's tough though, isn't it? It's an act of faith every time. Okay. Last thing is progressively. Listen, if you've been given 10% for 50 years, go 11 it's time. You, you do it. Don't, don't say that 10's the cutoff. Go ahead, increase it. See how generous you can be. See how generous the Lord leads you to be. And this is so a little bit subject, uh, a little bit subjective, it's, but really important for us, to, for us to continue and grow. But listen, here's the deal. Sitting there and praying the prayer won't make it happen. You and I have to redirect our hearts. And here's the great thing is that one of the, uh, Jesus' teaching here is that the way that you spend your money can change your heart. It's backwards. He doesn't say this about anything else that I'm aware of in all of the scriptures, but the way that you handle your money can change your heart and can rid you of greed and make you a more generous person. Let me, let me wind up with this. Let me close out with this. How many, how, many, how many generous people do you know that are miserable? You know any? I, I don't. How many people do you know that are greedy, that are happy? I don't know any. See, greedy people never have enough. They're never happy, and they're never satisfied. And in some ways, you and I deal with this same sin as the Scrooge did 
right? As Ebenezer did, all of us deal with this in some way. We all do. We all have traces of greed in our heart that the Lord wants to uproot. And the way to do it is to be more generous, to make a plan and get it out of your kingdom and into the Lord's kingdom. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, so let me, uh, let, let, let me, let's just pray together um, here for just a moment. Heavenly Father, I pray that, uh, I pray that these words, I pray that, that, that this, this wisdom, Lord God, that I received and I'm passing on today from your scriptures and from your servant, Lord God, um, I pray, Lord God, that th- this would have an impact on, the, on folks here. I, I pray, Lord God, that the, the things that we've described here, the things that, that we've talked about, that maybe, maybe we don't even realize the, the, the greed that we have still lingering in our hearts and the darkness that's there. But, Father, we, we want to recognize it because we know it's the only way. It, to define that problem is the only way for us to deal with it. And so, Father, help us to see that in our hearts. Search our hearts, Lord God, like we've talked in weeks, before, weeks past. Search our hearts, Lord God, for, for those things, Lord, that you want to deal with in our lives. And, Father, and when we find them, uh, Lord, uh, you know, sometimes we're crushed, sometimes we're hurt, sometimes it, it hurts to see those things in us. But the truth is that we can never be healed until you point them out to us. So, Lord, bring conviction. Bring about conviction by your Holy Spirit. And, and uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, then, then ask us to repent, ask us to change, uh, charge us, uh, uh, make us, make us we're, we're a people who want to follow you in obedience and to be more generous people in action, to make a plan, to make a, make a promise before you and to follow through with it. So, Father, I pray. I pray for all of us, Lord God, because there's some ways that we're never happy. In some areas of our lives, we're never satisfied. We need to be cured, Lord God. It's affecting our relationships. It affects the people around us. It affects our finances and our ability to give. So, Father, we pray, deal with us, convict us, and bring about change in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' great name, amen, amen. All right, thanks for being here today. Boy, it's great to see you guys. I pray that you have a great week.